Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are gonna be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Hey there, I'm Ashley. Now, Eagle, host of When the Cleats Come Off, and I am very excited to have you back listening to the podcast this week. This is not going to be a long episode, so I know people are probably saying, whoa, your episodes are over an hour sometimes. And yeah, when I have conversations with people, they last a long time because people just intrigue me. But this week is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, and the reason being is because this is from a live Q&A that I recorded on Instagram not too long ago. I really love these Q&As because I get to know the questions that you have on your heart right now. And I've done three of these so far since I came back and, and have done these. And your questions are blowing me away. They are so insightful. They are so thoughtful. And I'm so excited to share with you one of my favorite recordings that we've done so far. So in this podcast, I'm going to be answering questions like these. Why I believe there's a huge benefit in watching Athletes Unlimited, professional softball, but also even collegiate softball, where I believe you should start with recruiting. I think there's a lot of people out there that are going through the rec recruiting process and they just don't know where to start. So I give you a little tip here on where I believe you should start and I give you a really nice resource that if you take advantage of it will totally help you on this journey. I also go over how to remain positive and optimistic. Sometimes when things aren't going well, when there's multiple errors in a row, when you've struck out a few times, how do you remain positive? How do you remain optimistic that this too shall pass? Um, I give a little bit of insight there. I absolutely loved answering that question. And then why a healthy rivalry is awesome. And these are only a few of the questions that I answer. There's a couple more that I also answer here. I totally love interacting with you. I love getting to know what questions you have on your heart. And 
if you find a lot of insight in this conversation with the people that I'm answering the questions with, and you want to ask me your questions, every Sunday on my Instagram stories, I put a little chat box of like, write me your questions that I can answer tomorrow, which I thoroughly enjoy going over before I go live. And so if there's a question on your heart, there's a question that's something that you'd love to privately or publicly ask me, you can ask me there or just join my live. Normally they're at 4 p.m. Eastern and you can type in your questions in the comments during the live as well. Uh, I just love doing these. I love giving you this opportunity. I love going live and hopefully in the future, someone will want to go live with me (laughs) so I can see your face and interact with you. Um, But with that, let's dive into this episode of the live Q&A. Hello, friends. It is 4 p.m. Eastern on a fine Monday. Hope you're having a great Monday. Hopefully school's over. You just have a little bit of homework tonight or you have something to look forward to this week. If you're looking forward to something, let me know in the comments so I can cheer you on. Haverstock 2008. Hi. Hello. How are you? Isabella. Great to see you. Jinx. How are you? I'm good. I am soaking up as much summer as possible. Arnie and I went on a walk earlier trying to get a little bit of sun before it turns fall because everybody knows a good fall outfit looks better with a little tan. So there we are. Uh, Some of you, I'm looking forward to do softball. Yes, that's so exciting. Do you play in a tournament this weekend? Everybody cheer her on in her tournament if she has one. Um, that's awesome. Game tonight. Let's go. Good luck. Good luck. So as you guys know, I'm going to be tuning in Mondays, most Mondays. I mean, life happens. So there may be a Monday or two where I'm not here, but I plan to meet live roughly around 4 p.m., maybe a 3 p.m. every once in a while. Um, if you can't make it, I'm just going to keep it on my page. So don't worry. You're not going to miss out on the questions. Um, so some of you have put your questions into the Q&A box that I put up last night. So every Sunday that I plan to go live on Monday, I'm going to put up a Q&A box. So any sort of questions that you have in the game, you can ask me there. Um, after I answer the questions that have been submitted, I'm going to open up the floor. So if you guys want to jump in and go live with me and talk softball, like let's do it. So that's going to be the itinerary. I plan not, I'm not going past 4.30. I'm starting to set boundaries for myself. I used to literally do these lives and hang out here for like 45 minutes to an hour. And as much as I love you, I also have to know that like questions will still be funneling in and I can go on for four hours, but we got to have some boundaries. So I'll be here for about 30 minutes answering your questions. Um, Tessa, Pedrito, Bobby, hello. How are you? Great to see you. Okay. With that, let's, Oh, a lot of you put in questions yesterday. Um, do, do, do first question from stories. Oh, Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, I love this one. Do you recommend the younger softball players watch Athletes Unlimited? I 100% recommend it. If you play softball, if you coach softball, if you are a parent of softball in any way, shape, or form, FS1 and I think FS1 or FS2, they've been putting some of these games on live television. So you're able to watch. Yes. These are the best softball players Some of the best softball players in the entire world are competing for Athletes Unlimited. You've got 
multiple Team USA softball players. And a lot of times they all, like, if you don't know how it works, they um, have captains and they choose their team. They, like, create their own roster. And a lot of times you'll see Team USA players, like, on the same roster. So you got a bunch of Team USA players. You've got Italy players. Specifically, Erica Piancastelli is the first one that comes to mind. You've got Team Mexico players, multiple. I think there's like three or four on those teams. I think four or five, actually. So tons of countries represented that you saw probably play in the Olympics. They're all live on Athletes Unlimited. So this is like a huge deal when it comes to softball and being able to watch it. I just interviewed Lauren Hager on the podcast. Um, Her podcast won't be up for a few weeks. So if you're looking for it, it's not up yet. But her and I are former pro teammates. And we literally look at this as like, we wish we would have been able to play pro softball at the level that Athletes Unlimited is there. They are literally marketing these players. You're getting to know the behind the scenes of these athletes, how they're actually humans <laughs> before softball athletes. And I think they're doing an incredible job of marketing just the game itself. Like Odyssey Alexander, did you guys see? I think it was last night. She had another diving catch off of a bunt. It was unreal. She literally like scorpion dove. And the fact that they're putting in this on social media, it's so attractive. It's so exciting. It's just freaking phenomenal. So do I recommend younger softball players watch Athletes Unlimited? Yes, Scott, I very much do. And I love that you asked this question. It is so much fun to watch. You see like Amanda Lorenz hit like three home runs in two days or something. It's stupid. She's probably going to keep that trend going. But the best of the best hitters, the best of the best defenders, like Hannah Flippin, Sis Bates, like amazing shortstops. They're incredible to watch. It's just, you can learn so much from just watching the best of the best do their thing. 100%. I used to watch, um, if you guys know, if you listen to the podcast, like Caitlin Lowe and Natasha Watley were like the two that I love to watch. And I could only watch them during like the final games of the Women's College World Series or the Olympics. That was the only chance I got. Now you guys have access to watch like the best players. And no, this is not an ad. They are not paying me to talk about them. I am just so fired up when I see professional softball being played at this level like it's just and being promoted like y'all these players have deserved this and more so keep promoting them keep celebrating them every single one of them I asked a couple people about what their favorite part of Athletes Unlimited was and Haley Wagner said her favorite part is the fact that every athlete is supporting some sort of a cause so I think they have an option of supporting a specific cause so what that means is part of their income from like doing well. So depending on their performance, they get paid more or less. And when they get paid, a like percentage of their income goes to whatever foundation or just business that they're promoting or trying to promote, it goes to them. So I think Haley Wagner did some sort of a suicide prevention. Uh, I don't remember what it was called though, but it's definitely like hers is, more towards suicide prevention. Um, Kat Osterman, I think some other Texas players like Nadia Taylor, they are um, having their money go to like a Texas foundation. Like it's literally, co- it's so cool to see that like, they're not only like get, like getting more money than we ever got as pro athletes, but some of their money is actually going to some sort of foundation or thing that they, um, they promote or trust. Hello friends, great to see some of you. Como estas? Bien, y tu? RBI Austin. That was the one. RBI Austin was the one that Kat Osterman is promoting. So every single athlete has a cause. If you love the athlete, go check out their cause. Go see how you can um, can help the cause. I love it. Yeah, I wish I knew more about these, but I, I plan to do a little more research and get that into the world to you. Okay, bien. Good, Ariel. 
Okay, let's go to the next question that we got yesterday in the stories. Haverstock 2008. How do you stay positive when you are down on yourself? Great question. Uh, everybody feels down on themselves at some point in time. Ask the best of the best. They've all felt down on themselves at some point in time. Um, I think it's hard to be positive when you're down on yourself. It's easy to be positive when you're in the best place, when you're hitting well, when you're pitching well, when you're playing well. It's so easy to be to feel good, but like when you're not feeling great, that's when we struggle. So when you're feeling down on yourself, it's not about being just like trying to be positive and like faking it. But truly, I think the best thing to do is just like find a way to get like a little win, find a way to get a little win. So for example, if you're like 0 for 10 and you haven't seen a single pitch or hit a single ball, like you're just missing it by a mile, do this and just try to like touch the pitcher. Because once you learn how to touch the pitcher, you're gaining a little more confidence because you're like, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm working on touching the pitcher. Now, okay, after I've touched her, like, let's let's get good contact. Let's work for good contact. So I think when you're down, it's not about being positive. It's about being more optimistic and trying to find a way to look for just one little win at a time. Because, like, once you do one little win, then it'll start moving the tire a little bit faster and then another win and then another win and then another win. And then all of a sudden, like, you're starting to move in groove and now you're starting to feel better with your game. So Haverstock 2008, how do you stay positive when you're down on yourself? Find little wins and do whatever it takes to pursue it. And then once you find one little win, work to find another one and then work to find another one. And then all of a sudden you'll build that confidence up to where you're like, okay, I'm ready to hit a double to get this girl in. Like you'll just feel automatically better. So just find a way to get little wins. That's my answer to that question. Great question. Next question is how to deal with playing time. I don't know if you're a parent, coach, or a player, but it's funny, a friend of mine and I just had this conversation this morning, Lauren Hager, um, and she's a coach for a travel ball team, and her team literally has the rule, those coaches will not talk to parents about playing time. And here's why. Because that team is literally helping these athletes play in college. Like, the girls on the team want to play in college, and if they want to play in college in the future they're starting to treat their athletes like they're playing in college. For example, in college, no coach is going to talk to a parent about playing time. Zero. Okay? So if we want to start emulating what the best teams or what the top programs do, co- parents don't talk about don't talk to coaches about playing time. It is literally the athlete's job to talk to the coach about playing time. Now, it's not a complaint. Okay? If you are going to go up to your coach and talk about playing time, you shouldn't be like So-and-so is playing before me, and I'm really annoyed, and I really think I should play. Okay, well, actions speak louder than words. So likely your coach is going to say, are you staying extra like so-and-so who beat out your position? How is your hitting been? Like, they should be honest with you, but they also should say, okay, here are the ways you can improve, and if you improve there, you'll start to get more opportunities. So when it comes to playing time, if you're an athlete trying to figure out playing time and like how to get more, one, work your tail off. Be the hardest worker in the room. Two, once you start to become the hardest worker in the room and you've proven to your coach or you've your coaches have seen that you're working hard and you don't do it just so they see you. You don't stay extra just so they see you. No, you stay extra because you, you actually are focused on becoming the best version of you. And once you start doing that and once you start feeling comfortable staying extra, doing the extra work, being the extra good teammate, Then you can go to your coach and be like, hey, coach, I noticed I'm not playing and I want to play more. How do I do that? And then you'll literally have your actions to back you up. So your actions of staying late, 
your actions of working on the things that you're struggling with. Like you have that to back you up so that you can go up to your coach and feel comfortable saying, hey coach, I'm not getting a lot of playing time and I wanna get more, what do I need to do? And good coaches will literally say, I've seen you been putting in more effort. Here's what we wanna see more of from you. And then they'll likely, you'll be in the back of their mind so you will get opportunities. So just understand like when you get your opportunities, it's your job to show up. So Dr. Rob Bell's on here and he works a ton on mental games. So making sure you're strong physically and mentally and ready for any sort of challenge that you're, you're faced with, that you gotta be able to back it up. So actions speak louder than words. Talking to a coach about playing time is one thing, but also following it up with um, hard work and the actions behind it is really gotta be what your, what your plan is. Y'all, I love doing these listener shout outs. They're some of my favorite things. So every week I check Apple Podcasts to see if anybody's written a review. And there was one that I just somehow missed. It was from January, but I absolutely loved it. It was called Amazing Conversations by Softball Girl 1210. Um, and this is what she wrote. Coach Ashley is always finding topics that some athletes don't deeply think about. She is always giving me new ideas to help me with my softball grind every day and she is looking to help athletes better themselves. Absolutely love her, she's amazing. Well, softball girl 1210, you're amazing. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast shows your eagerness to become the best version of you, and that's exactly why this podcast exists. I am so grateful for listeners like you, and I'm grateful for the review. Now, if you have a review that you wanna leave, maybe insight on a podcast you really liked prior that you want me to do more of, let me know in a review. These always make me smile. They make my heart so happy. And I can't wait to see who I give a shout out to on the podcast next. All right, let's head back to this episode. Okay, rivalries. Do you have one and are they healthy to have? 100%. I love a good rivalry. Like, tell me in the comments rivalries that you have. So plain and simple, Purdue, Purdue softball, like, Purdue and IU are like huge rivals. They, they are in every sport. And like playing Indiana University every year was also always like a fun time. Now, back when I played, like we, I don't think ever lost to IU, to be honest. So it, it didn't really fire us up as much as like a, a team that we were like really competitive with. But, and I don't mean that like poorly against IU, we just always beat them. So it kind of wasn't as much of a rivalry as like some other teams were. But like Purdue and IU, like that was always a game that fired us up. Like we, we do it for pride. We do it for, because we're, we're in the same state. Like we want to have like, who's going to represent the state at like, you know, just bragging rights at this point. Um, but it also, it kind of like makes us play like our best softball. Simply because it's like, you play your best game, we play our best game. And like, we'll show you who's better. You know, it's like kind of like one of those, I love rivals. I love them. I always played up. Like I always played to my potential against rivals because, you know, sometimes when you, when you only play teams that are, you know, technically not as good as your team, like it's not exciting, but rivalries are exciting. Rivalries pump me up, like being able to compete. And a lot of times some of my rival teams were some of my friends that I had played with in travel ball. So rivalry games are really, really fun. And it, it kind of like, it levels the playing field. And also it brings out the best in people and sometimes the worst. 
But it, it always brought out the best in me and my teammates. We always loved a good rival. Like playing IU is always a really good time. And we had rivals in travel ball. Like I remember my travel team, the Fort Wayne Fire. Shout out to any fire friends that hang out on here. Our rival was like Summit City Thunder <laughs> growing up. And I still talk to some Thunder girls to this, to this day. But like literally we loved playing the Thunder because they were going to pitch their best pitcher. We're pitching our best pitcher. Here's our best lineup. Here's yours. Let's go out. Like, let's see. Let's compete, you know? And like, it's hard to describe as somebody who's competed at a very high level, like pro softball. Everybody's a competitor. Everybody's out for blood. Everybody wants to put out their best and do their best. And it's like, it's, it's fun playing rivals. Like it's hard to describe. But like, if you're a gamer like me, like, I feel like if you follow me, you're probably a gamer. You just love a good rivalry. You love what it brings out in you. And, um, and you just have, here's the thing though, like about rivals, it's like the respect game is the most important part. Like we respected the heck out of the thunder. Like, of course there were some parents and some people that like, we didn't love to see, but we loved playing them because like it brought in the best of us in us. And so like, I think that type of rivalry is like incredible. Um, and it's fun because like, it, like I said, brings out the best, um, rivalries also can happen within teams. So for example, if you're a shortstop and there's another girl on your team who plays shortstop, like you can technically look at that as like a rivalry, like two players are trying to work to beat out somebody else in that position. Now it can get a little sticky when, if there is lack of respect, but you got to realize like you're on the same team. In softball, you're playing another team, you're still playing the same game. So you must respect the game while you're doing this, while you're going through this rivalry. You also must respect the game while you're going through this rivalry within your team. But again, like if you are, are trying to beat out this other shortstop or whatever position you play, you have to one, respect them, but also use them to fuel you, to put in more effort. Like if she's putting in like this amount of effort, find a way to push more. And then if she's the true rival that you want her to be, she's going to try to outwork you. And then you're going to try to outwork her. And then in pursuit of that, you both get really good. And I think it brings out a really competitive fire, but also it, it helps bring out the best in you. So a good rivalry, it's my jam. So whoever asked this question, I'm super pumped about it. Scott said, I loved playing my rival school. It was about inner city pride. Yeah, it's like this little like, yeah, we beat you last time, but the fun part is, like, the next time we play you, like, it's going to be the same type of intensity. It just brings out a whole nother ball game. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's see another question. This will be my last question before I invite you guys. If you want to come on live with me, go for it. Or if you have any other questions, like, you can put them in the comments. But this is the last one that I got before, from last night. Taylor asked... What advice do you have for someone who wants to get the recruiting process started? Great question, Taylor. So my take on recruiting is one, everybody's recruiting journey is different. Okay. Everybody goes about recruiting differently. That's the fun part. Okay. There's no right or wrong way to recruiting. I think there are decisions that you can put yourself ahead of other people. Um, there's some decisions that people make that I don't agree with. Like, I don't think you should spend $2,000 having someone put together a recruiting video or get your name out there. I think there are other ways to where you can save that money 
to put in yourself. I mean, to, to work on getting better and not just getting your face out there. I think you do need to spend some sort of money to get your name out there. For example, for those of you who haven't heard this story, my freshman year of high school, there was one of my high school teammates committed to play for Boston College. And I never really had the aspiration to play college softball before then. But when I played at the time, basketball and softball, and I just stopped volleyball. And I loved basketball and softball the same. But as soon as my teammate like committed to play at Boston College, internally, I was like, I think I can do this. Like, I think, and I, and I really want to do this. I think uh, if I really worked hard at it, I could totally go play college softball. And I think that teammate of mine, you can call her a rival too. Like she committed and I was like, okay, well, how did she do it? You know? And so luckily she was a friend of mine. She was a teammate of mine. My dad was friends with her dad and they shared a lot of what they did for her to get recruited and seen and committed. And we kind of followed in their footsteps. So I just want to let you know, all of you guys going through recruiting, everybody has their own journey, but there have been many who have come before you. So if you have some sort of connection to someone who did commit to go play at a, at a school or is in the midst of the recruiting process and you can kind of tell like they got, they got the hang of it, ask them. And I know you're asking me, but I think that if you can find somebody personal in your life that, that you have a good relationship with already, like definitely see how they did it because that's how we did it. But I will share a little bit of my journey in case this is, this is all you got. But once, so once we decided to talk to them about what they did at that time, I was ready to start transitioning to a new travel ball team. So I was playing for the Fort Wayne fire for, I think that was like my, my team from Fort Wayne, like literally this like podunk team. We, we put ourselves together. We, we ended up like winning a lot (laughs) and got invited to like Colorado and stuff, which was super fun. But my team, like half of us kind of wanted to go play collegiately. And then half of us, they didn't really care to, um, which is fine. Like that's what they wanted. But some of us that really wanted to play in college, we knew that we needed to play for a bigger team to get our name out there a little bit more. So our investment, my family and I's investment was moving from that local team to a team that was going to be seen by more coaches. So that team at the time was the Indiana Magic Gold. Okay. Again, I'm not promoting any sort of team. Nobody's paying me to talk about them. This is just my journey, but played for Indiana Magic. And so it was literally within my first year of playing for them. I had been seen by multiple coaches and started getting offers. Okay. So I will say the investment that my family made in this team that, that is an investment. It's a, it's a lot more money than we were spending on our local team, but moving up to that team really allowed us to be able to be seen by more coaches compete against literally the best like like we played in California a couple times and we we got our butts handed to us but we got to at least see and taste what it's like to see the next level and I will never forget like we played in a tournament and we I think we lost almost every single game and we thought we were good like we literally thought we were like bomb we were like we're so good and then we like lost all these games and we're like okay so that's what the next level looks like and honestly because we were like the right group of people all of us looked at each other and we were like let's go like let's get to that level let's work to be that good and then we started getting invited to more tournaments and then winning more games and if you're on a team that competitively is not winning every tournament but like they're putting up a fight like you got players that are diving for balls like your team is attractive when you guys have heart. 
So our team had heart and we were getting seen by so many coaches. Like we'd have coaches watching us. This was like towards my later sophomore and junior year. Like there were coaches at every single one of our games, um, at least in pool play. And it was just fun because all of us loved each other. Uh, I don't want to say we all loved each other, but like we on the field, we did. We sacrificed a lot. Like we, you know, every weekend we're out playing softball. We would practice together. We put in the hours on our own. Like we all worked hard and we ended up getting invited to great tournaments, getting seen by tons of coaches. And so my recruiting journey was playing on that team. Again, it's an investment like to play for a high level team, but my dad like knew that's what I wanted and I was going to do anything to, for it. And so we didn't just, you know, play on the team and then forget about it. No, it was, I'm on this team and everybody's levels here. And I'm like, here, I got to work to get up there. So I can actually play in front of these coaches. They just brought out the best of me. So my recruiting journey was playing for that team, getting seen. I do recommend too going to college camps. Okay. Some people are going to disagree with me here, but I will say if maybe you don't play for that high level team, that's always competing against the best. If you're at least seen and can make an impression on a coach at their school, you're going to be on their radar for the next time they're out recruiting. Okay. So a great way to get seen, a great way to get seen by recruiters is to go to their college camp and, and don't just go find a way to stand out. Okay. So like for me, hitting was my baby. I loved hitting and I was a triple threat. So I love to bunt, I love to steal and I love to hit. And so, I mean, defensively, I thought I was a pretty good outfielder too, but those were my big three. And I made sure to shine at those big three. Like if there was an opportunity for me to steal a base at this camp, I was doing it. Whether I was out or safe, like I was going to take that risk. Slapping, like I I very much love my speed. Um, and if I see a short stop, for example, like really far back, I'm going to give her the perfect soft slap and beat it out. So my big three were hitting, base running, and then at the time slapping. So I wanted to really impress the coaches with what I was good at, okay? I, I wasn't trying to be um, somebody that I wasn't. Uh, like when you're at a camp or when you're getting seen by coaches, don't try to be somebody that you're not. Literally hone in on your big three skills and go show them what you're made of. Like that is where you'll shine. So that's pretty much all I have for that topic. But like where to get started. I mean, I hope that helped you um, decide where to get started. But if you're very, very serious about playing collegiate softball, make sure you're on a team where you're not the best and make sure you're being challenged and find a way to get in front of those coaches. So college camps are big and yeah, play on the team where you can get seen. That's, that's pretty big. Oh, Janet is asking what age did I make that move? I'm, I'm almost positive it was going into my sophomore year of high school. So that would be 15. That would have been, I think 15. I was 15 when I made that move from the decent local team to the high level travel team. Um, where we were always playing um, at showcases. Another thing with that, though, I will say this. This is huge. My That travel team that I played for had a, he wasn't our head coach, but he was a coach, but also more like the liaison between the families and the college coaches. So recruiting is a lot different now, and I may not get this totally right, but you, a college coach cannot, like recruit you until you're a junior in high school. Okay. They can talk to your coach though. Like they can talk to your coach. They can see how she, has she committed yet? Does she play other positions? Like she can talk to them. And 
I will say that the organization's head at the time had such good relations with college coaches all across the nation, like from California to the East Coast, all the way in Florida, like the best connections. I think having him in in like our back pocket, I guess I should say, really, really helped with building relationships with teams and coaches. So that's why it was so quick for me to get seen by a college coach was because, or not be seen, but get in contact with us. Like they would tell my coach, okay, well, we have a camp coming up, like bring her there or make sure she's there so we can see her. And then I remember going to Purdue camp and like a week later or two weeks later, something, we were playing in a tournament and she was there. So without us talking to them or without her talking to us, it was my liaison, my coach or head of my travel organization. He's the one who talked on our behalf. So I think it's really good to find not just a, tra- a good travel team, but find one where like the coaches are all about building relationships with, or with college coaches so that they can speak on their behalf, on your behalf to them. You got to trust them too. Like I've, I've heard co- uh, travel ball coaches talk awful about, about athletes. So just make sure you got like the good ones. And again, there's, there's people that you can talk to about this. Um, I have a Facebook group on Facebook called, oh my gosh, I'm like losing it. ABT community. And what I really encourage you guys to do is go to my ABT community on Facebook in the group and like ask these sort of questions. Like, Hey, anybody from my local area or my state, like running a tournament or has a relationship with coaches. Like, I want that to be a community where like y'all can ask those questions and like use each other to be able, able to make your athletes dreams happen. But recruiting is like a huge thing. And lastly, what I'm going to say about this, Taylor, is on my podcast, When the Cleats Come Off, which I'm going to have weekly episodes from here on out. I've done two episodes with Tisha Mahon, who she played at the University of North Carolina. And now she works with young athletes and helps them pursue their dream of playing in college. She's like a recruiting coordinator and like does a lot of talking for athletes. It's actually really, really cool. So she's been on When the Cleats Come Off in season one. So if you go check out her two episodes, I believe we talk about communication, social media, and like all of that. And I plan to have her on again soon in season two as well. So go ahead, listen to those episodes because we talk for a long time about this type of stuff. So if recruiting is something that you're looking to dive into a little bit more, we talk about emails, like creating those and stuff. So go ahead to When the Cleats Come Off. I don't remember the episode number, but if you look for Tisha Mahon, you'll be able to listen to that conversation and hopefully get a ton out of it. Uh, London's here. Hi, London. How are you? With that, it's 4.32, already over the time that I plan to leave. I'll give you a few seconds. Like, I'll give you like 30 seconds. If you want to pop in and talk softball, we can do it real quick. Because I always feel bad leaving. But this was so much fun. I hope you guys know, like, I'll be doing this every week as as long as my schedule allows. I'll, I'll be going live to answer your questions. And like I said, on Sunday nights, I'll, I'll put up a Q&A, like, questionnaire type thing. So you can ask me your softball question. So thank you to everyone who asked me a softball question today. Uh, love diving into recruiting. That's something I could talk for hours about and rivalries. <laughs> That's always fun. But tune in next Monday for my next live coaching. I have another coaching thing for my athletes, my Smash Tribe members, so my virtual hitting academy members. We are talking tonight about stress and how to deal with it as an athlete, because every athlete has stress, especially now that school's back and 
We have a lot of other uh, things, especially other sports that we have to manage. So we're going to talk about handling stress tonight. That is just for my virtual hitting academy members. But if you're interested in any of that, go to the link in my bio. And and that is it. Scott said, get the word out. Ashley B is so passionate about. Yes, I am very passionate about this stuff. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. This week's podcast episode is all about mental health. Um, Former softball athlete. Her career ended because of COVID. Now she works for um, The Hidden Opponent. If you don't know who they are, um, check them out. It's a page basically about the stigma of mental health and why we should be talking about it. So we have ways to cope with anxiety and other things that we have to go through as athletes. So tune in on Wednesday to this page. You'll be able to see and listen to When the Cleats Come Off with Mary Pat Murray. She's amazing. All right. And so are you. Have a fabulous week. Just remember you are loved. You are worthy. You matter. Stay humble. Keep smiling. And I'm in your corner always. Bye, friends. So what'd you think? Did you gain some insight on maybe a topic you didn't know a whole lot about and now feel smarter? Did you get a question answered that you even had on your heart? If you at any point in time felt like this was beneficial, I'd love to hear what part was beneficial to you, either on your Instagram stories or send me a DM or maybe even just send it to a friend or write a review, write a review of what your favorite part was. My goal as a podcaster is to be able to answer the types of questions that you have on your heart and do that within my recordings. So if there are specific questions that you'd love to have answered, I'm always looking on my Facebook page. I'm always looking on Instagram. I'm always looking at the reviews specifically um, that you leave on Apple Podcasts so I can actually get an idea of what it is you need most in this very moment. So write me a review, send me a DM, post it on your stories, share it with some people that you feel like could benefit as well. And I really hope that you were inspired to you know, start your recruiting process or inspired to watch professional softball. Or maybe if you didn't know it, was, it existed, now you know. Rivalries are amazing. I, these are just some of the things that really light me up and I hope you were able to hear that in this podcast. And let me know what you think. So I would love to hear what you think and I'd also love to know what questions you have. So join me this upcoming Monday on my Instagram and write in your questions either live with me or the day before in my stories so I can see what's on your heart and be able to help guide you through your process in this game. All right, friends, thanks for tuning in to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off, and I can't wait to see you next week. Stay humble, stay awkward, keep smiling, and good luck.